everyone. I'm Ash France, a somatic practitioner who works with queer women who are coming out later in life. And I'm Donna Noble. I'm an LGBTQ plus relationship expert trained in a psychobiological approach to couples therapy by Dr. Stan Tacken. We're a queer couple who fell in love after our worlds collided when we discovered that our now ex-wives were actually engaged in an affair together states apart. And we're here on a mission to normalize, educate, and bring clarity around the complexities that can come along with queer relationships. So grab your cup of coffee, pour your favorite cup of tea or glass of fine whiskey, and join us as we come together for Queer Couples Conversations. Okay. Cheers. And we're back. We're back. Eye contact. Cheers. <laughs> what are you drinking in that mug? Some delicious tea. Hmm. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Metolius tea? Metolius? Yeah. Oh, from Sisters? Yeah. Sisters yeah. Oregon Metolius tea is delish. I think this one's Little Bear. There's lemongrass little in bear? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I am drinking a delicious glass of water. Mm, mm, mm. out of a mason jar my favorite drink (laughs) (laughs) i know we're breaking tradition here Mm -hmm. um okay so the last episode we ended on was you know us parting ways after meeting for the first time and you saying you know realizing that it's it's not over it's not this is not over yeah and (laughs) yeah you were right so um Let's, I think, you know, let's jump back into it and give the final kind of outline today yeah. about, you know. Yeah. So, um, what was, uh, what was it like for you after we left St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Um, did you at that point, did you at that point think that it was done or that <laughs> maybe it was done? <laughs> and I know the answer to this, but this is for the, yeah. the listeners. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I have to like thinking back on it I thought absolutely I thought you know after she after H saw you guys interacted with you and saw your um behaviors and your (laughs) uh you know just experiencing you I thought oh done deal yeah like she's gonna see what I'm talking about you know yeah um and um yeah and and she was um you know, she worked in, H worked in mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I. And still does that. As far as we know. Yeah. As far as we know, she still does. Yeah. Which is a little bit alarming. Another conversation. <laughs> a little doctor death going on <laughs> in the mental health field. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, she's going to see this for what it is. Mm. And we're, we're good. We just went through a hard thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to come out of it. But no, that, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the intensity of of the relationship, you know, that just, I think, solidified it for her mm-hmm. in some way. That interaction was like, this is someone that I want to stay in contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the relationship just continued. Um, her To me, her intensity just became bigger. Mm-hmm. Um she was, you know, struggling with relationships with her closest friend. Um, and then she had this rupture with her parents that um, brought them all the way out to St. Louis to try to mend. And she was very 
closed off to interaction with them. Mm. Um, there was just all these markers that were like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Um, we were, co- we were in fights about it. It felt like every day. Um, it just was going against everything we had agreed to as a married couple when we entered the relationship, which can change, you know, but mm-hmm. not without a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, and was she yeah. attempting at any point to have conversation about shifting your relationship, like going from monogamous to non-monogamous or what was that like? Yeah, yeah, she would bring it up and just mention what you guys had, the relationship mm-hmm. that you and Elle had, Supposedly. Um, this openness, um, yeah, that you guys would like share pictures, you know, mm-hmm. like this, you had this free day Friday kind of setup where you could send pictures or cuddle with a friend. And, um, and just to say <laughs> free day Friday or freedom Friday, whatever it was that never existed in our relationship. But um, yeah, when you and I first connected mm-hmm. months after the separation, yeah you were the one who informed me that there were free day Fridays within my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I was unaware of. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing. This is what I want to say at this point, when we go start going into this, where the intensity of the gaslighting, the manipulating, mm-hmm. the misleading, the volume was turned up at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so all these little drops, you know, that H would say to me, like, you know, Oh, what do you think about this? You know, mm-hmm. even though we've had, we had plenty of conversations and she knew what I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, eight, well, you know, Ash and, and L have this relationship and I, I really like that, but you know, I wouldn't do it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I choose our relationship over, over that. Ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> you know, so this is where it gets, we really cross over into an emotional abusive relationship and and it shows up at different times throughout i could say throughout my marriage but it was definitely a highlighted point for me um where i went from a you know a relationship that had problems here and there and um to okay i'm in a very unsafe toxic relationship with the person that i should be able to trust and depend on the most Mm-hmm. And so the conditioning and um, the manipulating really turned up after you guys left. Mm-hmm. It was already, it had already started, but it wasn't until those last, that last month that things really got bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. my experience is very similar mm-hmm. um, to yours in the sense that the volume got cranked up mm-hmm. um, and the emotional abuse that was already taking place, you know, just in, um, smaller bites, um, and not as destructive when it was happening. Um, that, that had just got cranked up and it was very intentional and around gaining control around the situation and, um, and around me, honestly, controlling what I, controlling my own reality. So gaslighting me, I mean, this was a extended period of time where that was happening intentionally. Um, and then the manipulation, the lying, the conditioning mm-hmm. that was going on in, in my marriage as well um, with, you know, dropping 
you know, conversation around um, non-monogamy or opening things up or just kind of, um, you know, we'd have one conversation where this is what an open relationship means for her. Um, and then, you know, a few days later, she'd bring it up again, but kind of stretch it a bit. Um, and even though I was uncomfortable with it, she would still continue to bring up the conversation and stretch it a little bit further. Okay, well, what about this? Well, right. Um, right. And let's say here um, that let's just define here that a lot of couples will enter a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and then adjust, you yeah. know, and go into a transition into a, an open relationship or a throuple. Right, um, right, right. And, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But from the important piece is that it is that both both partners are, it's an open dialogue. It's an open conversation. Open dialogue. We are upfront with one another. Yeah. We're checking in right. like, right. yes, I am. I am interested in the idea of non-monogamy or an open relationship, but you're my priority, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it does get to a point where you realize that, you know, getting to explore non-monogamy in an open relationship is more important to me than holding on to this relationship, right. holding on to our marriage. Um, which, you know, you need to let your partner know rather than manipulating your partner, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to be, to be okay with something or, or not necessarily okay. Cause you're not okay with it. I wasn't okay with it. There was an intent. Mm -hmm. The intent was to get access to, to the two of them. Like Mm -hmm. H wanted L, L wanted H. Mm -hmm. And there was an intent by dropping these little hints to us, mm-hmm. the, their their wives, they were dropping these hints to us. Hey, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't this general adjustment to the to the marriage, whether it's open or closed. It was how can I get access to this other person mm-hmm. without you really seeing that it's about that person? Right. I'm going to make it about something else. Right. It's it's a diversion. Right. Really. When right. in reality, you're engaged in an affair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, um, yeah. And no matter how many times I checked in, you know, does this idea of an open relationship for you apply to H? You know, no, it doesn't apply. Right. It doesn't right. apply to her. Or if I would ask questions around, hey, this seems strange to me. Yeah. Um, your relationship is, it, things feel off. This doesn't feel right. It looks like it's heading in a strange direction for me. Mm-hmm. And L would respond, you know, that's crazy. That's not happening. You're overthinking. You're overreacting. You're, you're just, you're jumping too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, that- it was horrible. It was horrible. And moving through that period of time where I was having one experience and she was telling me and contradicting that, that what I am experiencing or what I think is happening isn't happening. I mean, I look back now at that period of time and it's just gray. It's like a fog. Mm. Um, and it's taken me some time to, to get to a point where I can be with my own story and hold my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Um, you, you, you said that example that like, you know, it, it got so bad that you felt like you could look at the clock and it would say like 1230. Yeah, this is with the gaslighting um, and with the manipulation. That was a common, I mean, <laughs> a common feeling that I had was that I, w- I could look at the clock and it would say 230 p.m. 
But Elle would look at the clock and she would say, she would look me dead in the eye and say, no, it's, it's 4.43. And even though I could look at the clock and see that it's not 4.43, right? I, I believed that she believed it. Like she believed her own lies that she was telling. And that's what's so hard for the victim in this, for mm-hmm. the person who is being gaslit is because it all becomes confusing right? You have your reality, but you know, this person has their reality and it's just, yeah, it fucks with you. Oh yeah. And it's so confusing and conflicting because you do have moments of connection and where they show you compassion and there is truth and, you know, intimacy. Mm -hmm. But then there's this, this undertone, this, Mm -hmm. this piece of the manipulation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, abuse, gaslighting, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, they, they use that intimacy yeah. to manipulate you, yes. to get you to do the thing they want yeah. you to do. That's what's so scary about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've been seeing a therapist now for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually, um, H and my couples therapist. Right. Right. Um, and you know, it's a wild experience to really wrap my head around this, but she, she's really have, she has to constantly bring me back to this. Like I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I was with an abusive partner, mm-hmm. an emotionally abusive partner. And emotional abuse is abuse. Yes. Is abuse. And, um, yeah. And I asked her, um, my therapist, I asked her like, and the good thing is that, you know, yes, there are two sides to a story, right? Um, it's not a biased opinion because she's been my, my therapist throughout this whole Mm. season of divorce and separation and Mm -hmm. the affair, right? I was, she had access to me and H for a number of years. Mm -hmm. So she experienced her, she saw, she attached how she, was in conflict right Mm -hmm. and she told me that she she saw those markers and i asked her if you saw that i was in at risk in this with with this person that was abusive why didn't you say something Mm -hmm. and she said don i had to be careful that you were that i didn't put you in more danger Mm -hmm. and that baffled me like Mm -hmm. i still like she's still like in our previous session she she had to remind me like Don, because you were, you know, you you were a victim of this abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and that's hard for me to wrap my head around, mm-hmm. you know, because then my mind starts thinking of like, well, she wasn't always mm-hmm. cruel, mm-hmm. you know, and but I can't I can't separate it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like yes, she was there was kindness and love and connection at times, but ultimately it was incredibly harmful mm-hmm. to me. Um, so the, to have that perspective is so helpful for me to, to be able to really grasp because I'm not the one controlling the story as much as, you know, that's what a mental health professional is able to assess, mm-hmm. you know, in real time with this individual. Mm-hmm. But I, I also mm-hmm. want to speak to at least, you know, I want to speak to that um, and how hard it is to um, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, to be to be okay or to acknowledge, to acknowledge mm-hmm. that the person that you love and trust the most is your abuser. Um part of part of the trauma in it that was that was created by L in my experience 
was um, any time that I would try to acknowledge it or point it out, it would be um, the response from her would be tears. How could you do this to me? How could you say that about me? Mm. Are you going to talk poorly about me on social media and just tears, tears, tears? And it was just that pulls from my own experience. And it that is manipulating in and of itself. Right. Because your response as a people pleaser and someone with compassion is to then abandon your sense of what you need and Mm -hmm. respond to her, Mm -hmm. right? That's why it's so dangerous Mm -hmm. because she knows you well Mm -hmm. and she knows how to get her needs met based Mm -hmm. upon who you are. Mm -hmm. And so by the tears, that's going to create that empathetic response in you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to discount, like I'm not saying the tears were all of it's fake in a show. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I know there was a part there where she's truly upset, right? Or feels hurt or there's shame there. Mm-hmm. Shame was very present with her, um, which speaks to, you know, the, the pain that she inflicted upon me and upon you and your marriage. Um, I know that shame speaks to that, but it's no excuse, mm-hmm. right? Like you can have the shame, right? right? Mm-hmm. But but it is still your responsibility right. to care for the people in your life and not to put that harm upon them, right? And to deal with your shit. Right. Yes. And that brings me to this very important point <laughs> that, look, Ash, we all have not come out unscathed. We all have trauma. Big T little or T. little T, yep. right? That does not give you permission to then harm others, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I get hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's true. Yeah. But stop blaming your trauma on how poorly you treat people, mm-hmm. right? I have, I have so much compassion mm-hmm. for people who have gone through terrible and horrendous things. Mm-hmm. And they're not going out like treating people so terribly and having affairs and having being cruel Mm -hmm. because they're you know whatever the case is Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i i had a pretty you know there was there was puddles through my life my childhood that you know were really really bad and harmful right but you have to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it happened to me. No, it was absolutely not okay. And I'm committed to continue to work on these parts that I know mm-hmm. show up in our mar- in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I almost just said marriage. We're not married <laughs> yet, but we're gonna be. <laughs> getting there. We're getting there. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that n- no trauma I have doesn't impact you or other people in my life. But I'm not going to take that and say, I'm sorry I did that. That's because this happened to me when mm-hmm. I was 10 years old. Well, that's the accountability yeah. aspect yes. of it, right? Taking right. true accountability right. for your actions and, and what you've been through, right? right? And mm-hmm. yeah, we all, ha- we all have that. We all right. have trauma, right? Yes. To some degree, we all have trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and the extent to which, you know, at which we're uh, impacted by it. Um, depends upon how we were able to metabolize that event, right? right? I mean, that's the trauma in and of itself is is how you were able to metabolize it, not yep. not the thing that actually happened, right? But how it impacted you, right? Um, and so I get how it's different, and and some people, and you know, not others, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's the accountability aspect, which I think is such a the accountability aspect. You know, 
what is accountability, right? Is it just, you know, the person who, the the abuser, right? Is it Mm -hmm. them acknowledging and saying, okay, I did something really fucked up. I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to do better and feel really bad and, you know, feel really bad for what I did and deal with my shame. Mm -hmm. Or does the accountability also have to do with, you know, checking in with the people that you hurt and you impacted? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. This is something that I've been tossing around for myself because my ex-wife, right? We're a year and a half past the date of when they, when they asked for a separation. And to this day, I have never once heard my ex-wife say, um, I had an affair. I never once heard my ex-wife say to me anyway, Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry. What I did was wrong. Um, here's what happened. You weren't crazy. I gaslit you, I manipulated you, mm-hmm. and I did it intentionally. Intentionally. And Ash, I am your abuser, and I am so sorry I ever did that to you. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool, right? It would be nice for me um, to be able to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am dealing with my own closure and my own healing in my own way, but it really does beg the question of, you know, truly, what is the anatomy of accountability? What it, what's involved, right? Do, oh, wow. Does she have to, you know, contact me and apologize? I, I don't know that she does, but um, yeah, I know that I haven't gotten that. God. And so it makes me, I, I just wonder, you know, where is the accountability in that? That's or does wild. she just get to go on with her life and, and say, oh, I did a really fucked up thing and I feel really bad about it and I have shame and I cry about it, but... I'm never going to do it again. I'm different. I'm never going to do it again and I'm taking accountability, but hey, by the way, I still have never told my ex-wife that I'm sorry or that I even did it. Right. Um, hmm. I don't know. That's something that, that I'm still processing just, mm. you know, to be completely upfront and honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a whole process. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole process. Yeah. I want to define really quickly. Well, first of all, let me just acknowledge what you said. That was well said and also incredibly painful mm. that, that yeah. you haven't had that. You know, I had a, at least a little acknowledgement in some aspect. In some, in some ways, it was more traumatizing than helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, the response I got um, was you know, I did lie to you. I did, I did gaslight you, but you know that you weren't innocent. And Mm. the only person that I feel bad about hurting, the only innocent person in this whole thing was Ash. Mm. That's the response I got. And she, she said that because she was also befriending me throughout that period while she was engaging in an emotional affair with my wife. Right. Um, um, so I get that, even though that is fucked up, <laughs> not okay, um, because obviously you were incredibly impacted and hurt by everything that oh, happened. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that even needs to be said. Right. But um, right. The one thing I want to define really quickly mm. is the difference between an affair and abuse. Mm. Right. I, you know, uh, I don't, yeah, that's good. if, you know, we're not saying that, you know, we went through this affair, which equaled now, because if you went through an affair, you were emotionally abused. abused. Right. Right. Not the same. That is not the same. 
it's the the intention the cruelty the manipulation messing with someone's mind intentionally mm-hmm. someone that that they trust someone that they love that they've you know depend on and committed to mm-hmm. to intentionally harm someone's mind to mm-hmm. get their meet their own needs mm-hmm. that's when you've crossed over mm-hmm. into that emotional abuse mm-hmm. right um affairs have happened for centuries and they're not going away no right right and but the you know and they're not i they're they're traumatizing themselves, but right. I don't know if I would clarify them as ab- abuse, emotion, emotional abuse. Right. No. Um, but again, some. I mean, I'm open to any. Uh, I'm open to to learn from this, but I just want to define that. I don't feel like I had experienced emotional abuse because of the affair. Right. It was the way it was done. It was happening before the affair. It yes. was happening right. in my marriage before H came along. Right. right. And I couldn't even. Mm-hmm fully see it right. I had gotten to the point where I felt like where I truly believed I was crazy mm-hmm. um, about a month before H came along actually um, where I had gone to L you know after an argument where she said you know you said this or you know whatever it was and I told her I, I don't remember I truly don't remember saying that and this wasn't the first argument where <laughs> that was the case but I did go to her after the fact and I was just, I was crying and I told her, I think I need to see a doctor because I think I'm crazy. I, I'm not remembering these things that you're telling me about. Um, so I say that to speak to the fact that the emotional abuse was occurring pre-affair. Right. And you're right. Just, you know, affair does not um, equate to emotional abuse. They're two different things, although the emotional abuse can obviously happen. Right through the course of an affair. Yeah. Let's jump to uh, October 17th. Yeah. So (laughs) with all that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So transition. Yeah. So how it went down how, you know, um, we both were, you know, woke up October 17th. um, And um, I will say that the night, before um october 17th h and i were in another conflict where she was saying like you know bringing up your guys's openness in your relationship and you know an interest um uh one thing she would do would she would say the right thing you know like no Mm. that's not really you know ultimately i want our marriage but Mm -hmm. then there would i would get punished for her having to live with that out Mm. um but um you know, so finally I just said, look, I want this marriage with you. I want to do this with you. But if you want to be in an open marriage at any point in your life, that can't be with me. Hmm. That's not. You told her that the night before? The night before. Wow. That was the first night she didn't come to bed. Hmm. Um, And then, yeah, um, we had like a day of like disconnection she wasn't really engaging but then the following day was october 17th woke up and um she told me that uh, you know to me it felt out of the blue like this sucker punch Mm -hmm. um that she no longer thought that she wanted to be in the marriage anymore that she maybe wanted a divorce Mm -hmm. and so that but that she wanted to go away for a few days to think about it Um, and I felt like fully supportive, like absolutely whatever you need, let's, 
what what do you need? Yeah. So she ended up saying that she wanted to get away and maybe go camping. And I said, no, like, I don't want you to sleep in the car. Like, let's get you an Airbnb. Like, let's get you a really good spot. You can get away. Um, and, um, so yeah, got her, reserved her an Airbnb, got her this really cute space. And then, um, in, you know, the, the next state up, um, close to, what was it? Little Rock, Arkansas or no Fayetteville. Was it Fayette? Somewhere in that area. It was right around our, it was Arkansas y'all. Um, but, (laughs) um, yeah. Um, so I ended up driving her down to the rental car. I made sure she had snacks. I made sure she had everything she needed. Again, I didn't like, I wanted to support her through this and, um, just it blunt, like a deer in the headlights. Like Mm. she really shocked moving through this. Anyways, this is a big point. So I drop her off for her to leave to go to this retreat. And I asked her, are you going to meet with the girls? girls. Again, thinking (laughs) of you two um, as a unit. And she said, no, absolutely not. I just want to get away. Mm -hmm. Um, So she ends up leaving. Um, I go home and I just sit on the floor and I'm just in this frozen state of Mm. like time felt cruel. Mm -hmm. And, um, I get a phone call from her about an hour later after she left. And I was like, oh, I hope she's okay. Answer the phone. And she's like, hey, I just left REI. I got a new beanie. I was like, cool. (laughs) Um, And um, she said, hey, I just had this wild thought that um, you're going to do something radical and come and find me, find where I'm at, and try to change my mind. And I just Mm. want you to know that if that happens, this is over for good. Wow. Yeah. And I responded with, I would never do that. I'm, I'm so glad you're getting away. Like I promise I'm not going to come find you. Um, Take your time. So I'm going to pause at that point. (laughs) And then what was October 17th like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, it just like two weeks after our first wedding anniversary, we'd been together for seven years. Don't remember if I already said that or not, but, <laughs> um, anyway, so in a week after my birthday, um, so it was interesting as we were leading up to this date, um, H was becoming less and less engaged with me, right? She was kind of already doing that as she was picking things up with L, um, but even more so. And I recall um, that actually the Tuesday before um, Elle woke up and asked for the separation or that she didn't know she could stay in our marriage anymore. Um, H actually sent me a poem. Um, in, we weren't hardly talking at this time, but she sent me it. She intentionally sent me this poem when I thought, oh, that's so nice. Right. We occasionally shared poetry like that. Uh, but this poem was about meeting myself again. It's titled Love After Love. And it's really a beautiful poem. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that <laughs> when I look back now that she chose us in that poem the Tuesday before. Um, but so Elle and I, you know, we had dinner with my parents the night before as a late, you know, belated birthday celebration for me. Um, and things fell off that night. Um, but didn't think too much of it. And 
that Saturday, October 17th, I woke up in bed with her and, um, yeah, she woke up and decided she checked her phone and looked at me and said, I don't know if I can stay in our marriage. And, um, which was, I, I was blind sighted. (laughs) I mean, in complete shock. Um, and, Everything she told me, you know, all these old things that we had gone through, Mm. which are not insignificant things, I'll say. Like, they were pretty major ruptures in our relationship. Um, You know, her cheating, um, us when we first came together, there was a trauma bond, um, which we can go into trauma bonds later. But um, anyway, um, all these things that just weeks prior on our first year wedding anniversary, she was saying, you know, it's incredible. We've made it through these things. If we can make it through that, we can make it through anything. And now just a few weeks later, waking up and saying, actually, because of these things, I don't know if I can stay in our marriage. And so completely out of the blue, we end up taking space that night and she goes over and she stays with some of our really good friends lovingly referred to them as the squad and one of them came over uh, with me and spent the night with me and that's actually where um, in that first that was the first time I felt validated in everything that was coming up around H I kind of went over you know the last two months with this friend saying this has been going on and it's felt really off for me but L has told me told me over and over that's not the case that everything's cool they're just you know H is my best friend And this friend said, what you're telling me is not okay. What you're sharing isn't cool. This is not fine. Um, And so that was the moment where I I got my voice because I had (laughs) this trusted friend who who could kind of allow me to, gave me permission to to have that anger and to stand in that place of this is wrong. Hmm. And so the next day, Elle's grandfather had passed away and she had told me, Uh, I might want to get away to think about things. I might need that. And I said, whatever you need, if you need to get away, that's fine. Um, We'll do it. And Monday rolls around and um, she's communicating with work and she tells me, hey, think I found a place. Going to leave this afternoon. And by the way, H might be there. H might come tonight to, to be with me. And I said, no, that's not okay with me. I am all for you getting away. We have so many friends here that you can be in contact with, you know, go to get that support. But with H, I'm not okay with that. You know, long story short, she ends up going anyway. We we end up getting into an argument before she leaves. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, if you're considering leaving our marriage because you think that you might be non-monogamous, then you're right. Leaving our marriage is the right choice because I don't want to be in a non-monogamous relationship. She ends up leaving, as it turns out, spends that whole (laughs) trip with H, um, but truly came home, you know, a few days later and told me, you know, I saw her one night, you know, she slept in her car, looked me in the eye, nothing happened. Right. And yeah, come to find out um, H ends up having this this house there that they ended up staying at together so wow yeah so it's a lot so they ended up telling us we were states apart Mm -hmm. told us on the same day hey we want out of this woke up this is another marker guys everybody for you know that manipulation and gaslighting 
what we were told was not, hey, I am I'm drawn to this other person and I'm really conflicted. Mm-hmm. And because of that and because of other things that we've, you know, na- been navigating, I think the best thing for us would be to take a break mm-hmm. or reassess. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they both told us, look, you know this, we're not compatible. Mm-hmm. You know that you're not the best partner for me. You know you've been kind of shitty in some ways. Yeah, no, no, no. There there was no, hey, sorry, yeah, I, I messed up and I fell for this person. I have feelings and I, I don't think I can stay in our marriage. No, the blame was put on us. I was told that I sexually deprived Elle and that's why she <laughs> was leaving me. And that mm-hmm. all these things we'd been through, all of a sudden we can't get through it anymore. And mm-hmm. that we're not a good fit. Ash, you know we're not a good fit. Like, we just, you know. Right. Which, again, gaslighting. Right. Um, and then with you, it was particularly malicious with what H was doing. I mean, she truly made you out to be this horrible person. Mm-hmm. You know, telling you, Don, you know. Why do you think, she said, why do you think I should stay with someone like you that would treat me the way that you have? Yeah, that's where th- those comments went deep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I realized how deep they went until we became, until we got into a relationship. Yeah. Um, and, and you would tell me, you know, you were hesitant to to move forward in many instances mm-hmm. where you thought, I'm afraid that I'm bad for you. Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt you, that I am, right? right? And this was all planted by H. Yeah. This wasn't something that yeah. you just thought yeah. about yourself, yeah. right, on your well, own. Well, look, I was not a perfect partner. No, and that's Absolutely not the, yeah, not. Like, no. And, but that's, that's what messed with my head is, mm-hmm. you know, she would use things to make, to, to make me think that I was this terrible partner. Things mm-hmm. that we had moved through, that we had forgiven each other for, um, we had a podcast and we talked about those things we had moved through and how much we had grown. Right. Um, two weeks previous was my birthday or a month previous was my mm-hmm. birthday where she was expressing this, these, um, this elation for being with a human like me, how happy she was. And she couldn't wait for the next years. Yeah. yeah. That was so similar for both. But mm-hmm. our birthdays are just five days apart. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was experiencing that same thing. Yeah. And, my wedding anniversary too landed just a few days before that. <laughs> and so I was getting, you know, the letters and the the notes, the sweet notes of from my side, I I didn't know. Like you had information that that L was going to visit H possibly. Yeah, might and see her. I yeah. had no information. Yeah. She well, had told me not at all. I, I was going to say, it's not that you weren't told, you were told no information. You were just flat out lied, lied to. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times throughout her time there, I checked in, hey, are you alone? Or, you know, and when I couldn't reach her, like, right. can you just assure me you're alone? I don't know why I thought that she would be honest with me. But in the time I was blind to the reality. Yeah. Um, And then when she got back, I said, so you didn't see them? And she's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, within a day or two, H communicated to me that she had finally made her mind up. Mm. She wanted a divorce um, and asked what my plans were, which I decided to start making plans to move back home to Oregon. So glad. And even (laughs) glad you're here. Even through that time, the next couple weeks, I kept asking her. I wanted the idea of losing her and in 
like completely in my life where Mm -hmm. there was no relationship or friendship even Mm -hmm. was too much to even consider. Mm -hmm. It was, so I was trying to be as nice as possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think there was like to maintain that to maintain it. And, you know, I was so, and I, I remember I heard her on the phone outside. I was sitting on our deck and she was walking through the park, talking to someone and saying like, yeah, we're actually moving through it pretty cordially. You know, and I was in the most pain I've ever experienced and I was trying to manage Mm -hmm. the situation so she didn't do anything too crazy and I didn't lose a friendship. I remember you telling me that um, she was, she had said that you guys were on the same page with it, that this was mutual. Mm. I think they both so badly wanted this beautiful, like, oh, we're going to have this conscious divorce, this conscious relationship divorce, and we're going to come apart and right. this beautiful thing when it was like, no, I, I didn't want this divorce. Right. This is right. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful now. God. I look back yes. right where oh I'm at now. Gosh. And from all the perspective I have, yeah. I am so grateful. But right. during the time it was not mutual. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there was like one night or something that I was a little like, I'd say snippy, maybe she was saying something to me. And I was like, I was like, H, how could you? I don't get how you don't see how you are going to impact their marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not see that? That what you are doing is going to hurt right? their relationship. This goes beyond you. Yeah, yeah. you're not that, you're not that blind. And then she said, why are you being so rude? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little upset. <laughs> I'm a little upset. Just, just a bit. <sighs> yeah. And like, oh. and, and her temperament was so, um, for me, uh, explosive for me. I mean, not, mm-hmm. not yelling. We, we, we never yelled at each other Mm. but she would get so big in emotion Mm. you know and she knew that that was my button because Mm. of how my trauma was I would get smaller and quieter Mm -hmm. and so the bigger she got you know she knew that she could make me back off Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately I I hadn't found my voice like you had at that time or I was just discovering it yeah Yeah. Um, but um, even through up until the night before I left she was telling me, Dawn, not everybody's like you. Not everybody is as conservative as you are. Mm. Like they, they're okay with it. Ash is okay with it. You know? And I asked her, are you, she, I knew she was going to the holidays, Thanksgiving to spend with you guys or see you. Right. And I asked, are you going to sleep with them? Mm. And that thought kept going through my head of her giving her body to somebody else. How could it not? Broke my heart. And, um, and she's like, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, yeah. it's just like this open-ended thing. And then also with this, like, you know, I might, I don't know, I might, I might be with a man. I might be sleep, sleep with a man or yeah. be with a woman. I don't know. I don't want to be in another committed relationship for a while. You know, I just want to have some space. Yeah. Um, that's what I was being told. Yeah. But I didn't know that you had already called her. Mm. You had already called her out, called mm-hmm. her on the phone and told, and asked her, what are you doing? Yeah. Please stop. Yeah. What you are doing is impacting my marriage. And if we stand any chance mm. at all, 
I need you to remove yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was ballsy. I had so much respect for you. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a few days after uh, they both got back from Arkansas. Yeah. Um, and that things just weren't lining up. You know, the more that I talked to our close friends at the time and the more I sat with things, um, I, it just, it did not, it did not compute. <laughs> I'm no mathematician, but this does not add up. And so I, yeah, I remember coming home after staying with a friend one night, a, a week after they had, she had originally asked, I don't know if I can stay in our marriage. I came home and I, Essentially, I just made the assertion that there was something more going on, which I had before. You know, I, I, I we were up late um, that night. She came home from Arkansas where I was, you know, pleading. And I was just I, I kept saying, you know, H has to be sitting on this scale. Right. Is You're making your decision of whether or not you want to stay in our marriage. And you're saying, you know, getting out of our marriage is like barely just barely waited just a little bit more. And I said, but don't you see if H is on that scale, why it's barely weighted <laughs> a little bit more anyway. And she could just kept, you know, refusing, um, and resisting the idea that H had anything to do with this decision. Hmm. Um, so anyway, I came home a few days later and I just, I just said, you know, I, I made this claim that this was actually happening and I need her to be honest with me again, you know, that they're, they're feeling, I, I, I basically told it to her like, like, this is the truth. Like, I know the truth and this is it. I wasn't asking her anymore. I just said. And it was at that point that she, you know, became somewhat truthful with me and said, you're right. You know, I do have feelings. And I asked, you know, does H have feelings for you? No, she does not. And I asked, you know, I, I assume you're planning to continue this friendship. Is that the case? Yes, it is. Um, L, are you aware that this impacts their marriage? Right. right. Like, we were both saying that to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And this was just another time where yeah. I was saying yeah. it that can you, can you see how you having feelings for your friend and then continuing this <laughs> under the, the guise of friendship, right. Right. Knowing that she's married, that this will impact her. Um, I think that should be shared with her, mm -hmm. you know, with H so she can make a decision of what she wants to share with her wife. Right. Um, and she eventually got to a point where she said, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, that sounds fair. I'll tell her today. Mm -hmm. And I decided to, you know, not, I decided to tell her, I decided that no H it wasn't just L and H right. Having their own like relationship, friendship, whatever you want to affair mm -hmm. <laughs> H and I had also been developing this friendship. And so I felt truly deceived and betrayed by this friend, right? Or who I thought was a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I called her and straight up asked her what I'm sorry. I, I think that is so, that is why they're so dangerous because <laughs> they come across and present as so charming. Oh, they are incredibly, they're charming. They're intelligent. They're funny. They're quirky. Like they're all of those things where you think, I would love to engage with this person. I want to be their friend. They're neurotic in a, in a, in a fun way. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I could be friends with these people, you know, and they're creative. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're, you know, the pain that they cause within our, 
marriages. I'm not saying that that is who they are, that they can never be anything but that. I know there are incredible parts to L, right? And H, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I even wanted to be friends with her in the first place. Um, but that's also, I, I'm, I'm speaking to this is the danger in them, mm-hmm. is that they do present this way. They also are incredibly, were hurtful um, and dangerous. <laughs> Um, because the trauma that I experienced with L again, it wasn't, it wasn't secluded to just, it wasn't isolated. That, yeah. It wasn't isolated to spot. the affair. Right. Right. Yeah. Either was mine with, with H. Um, but yeah, just that you called her and called her out on it and, and she denied it. Yeah. I um, asked her, I said, my wife has apparently has feelings for you. Are you aware of right. this? First of all, mm-hmm. No, huh? no. Which is a lie at that point because <laughs> she had already called her, remember? She had called her and said, hey, H, um, or L, sorry, I have feelings. I And there's this oh, tension. They they established that yeah. two months right. prior. So right, right there, there's, there's the first lie. Well, I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't know, <laughs> I even mean, though they had already this, talked about it. By this point, they had already both decided we're going to, Ask, tell our wives that we don't know that we can stay in our relationships anymore, but not give them any clue what's happening in the other relationship. Make them feel like it's their it's fault. It's their fault, yeah. And then and, meet up. Yeah. With- <laughs> and so the first question, you know, are you aware my wife has feelings for you? No. So there was a lie. I asked if she, if that was reciprocated, if she had feelings for my wife. No, she's just my, my very best friend. And funny because that's what, L was saying too was my very best friend. Oh yeah. Um, and it's funny, yeah, like the number of things that lined up, like when you and I finally got to connect and, mm-hmm. and share our stories and put all the pieces together. Yeah. Um, it was wild how many pieces of our story lined up, you know, H was telling me this. We were living parallel experiences. We were, and we had no idea. So I had this conversation with H and I ultimately, you know, she, she was getting frustrated with me on the phone, um, because I kept pushing. I kept, she was pinned. She was pinned. Mm -hmm. And so she was being defensive. And, um, anyway, she, you know, gets to this point. Well, what do you want? Like, what, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. Um, which sounds like a really kind question. If only you really meant that, (laughs) but, and that's another reason dangerous, right? Like, Again, thinking, well, well she's a mental health professional you? and she can manipulate you in that situation. She knows how to manipulate she knows you, how to get you in this position. And you have yeah. no, and that's the thing mm-hmm. with L too, is that, and I think this is more narcissism with L, mm-hmm. that um, they both know how to manipulate really well, yeah. which I think, yes, speaks to their trauma too and right. things that they've been through. But right. yeah. you believe it. Well, L you, does you it don't. in like a reckless, charming way. Mm, you know? That's a good way to put it. And um, That's a good way to put it. And H, H does it through this like self-deprecating. Yeah, she uses like, you know, we're all just like f- trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. inner, she has this like self-awareness. Sorry, yeah. I was oh, searching yeah. for it. The self-awareness that is like, wow, that's beautiful. And I love that. And how'd you get there? Yeah. You know, but then also she lives in this self-deprecating kind mm-hmm. of state and, and then bring in these skills of mental health. And it's it, like this dangerous cocktail. It is. Where in that state where she feels pinned and she wasn't close enough with you to be able to really react in the way that she, she would, would with yeah. me or her parents or mm-hmm. a friend, you know, she really knew. And so she had, she boom, right into that, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, those skills of the mental health worker, mm-hmm. which it's so, uh, yeah, it's, it's so bad. But I love that you did that. I love that you called her out on it. And it just is another piece for me to show me that she knew that whole time that you were not on board. Oh, yeah. And she was still telling me, Dawn, it's okay. They're okay. They're not like you. Yeah, I, I flat out asked her to back off. Yeah. You know, when she said, what do you need from me? I uh, said, well, yeah. you know, Elle and I are kind of at this place right now where we decided we are going to pursue divorce, but that's not what I want, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I even, you know, gave her the whole, told her about the scales, you know? I said, Elle's told me that she barely wants this thing. And, mm-hmm. and I said, and, and you're a part of that. Yeah. And I said, and if you know you're a part of that, why wouldn't you back off? Right. Like, why wouldn't you give us that space? Gosh. Awkward and hilarious. Oh, actually. yeah. What did you say? Or she said, you are so vindictive. Oh, that was L after yeah. after I got off the call. Yeah. No, it's just the, the conversation wound down. And she's like, well, I got to go back to work. And it was awkward. And I said, listen, there's no good way this ends. Mm. So I'll just talk to you later. Mm. <laughs> I, but I got to say, that is the that is the proudest moment that I had throughout the process. One, I, I, I don't know, I'll speak. I'll, I'll say it's the proudest moment to my recollection in this moment <laughs> um, throughout the process of the divorce because I really owned my voice. I demanded truth, right? Even though I didn't get it, I asked for it. And, you know, that's that's all I can do, right? To be mm-hmm. able to get it. If I don't ask, I'm not going right. to get it anyway. So. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we both, we both got our lives were, you know, uprooted. Yeah. And um, we ultimately both ended up leaving um, our, um, I moved back to Oregon. You moved out. I moved out of the house that we had been in for four years together. Yeah. Ended up getting invited um, that, you know, you had this best friend group of three couples. The squad. Called the squad. And one of the couples invited you to come stay with them. Right. Um, you know, to be a, a support system. Right. Um, yeah. They, they had this um, apartment that was mm-hmm. that they had um, built in their garage. Or I'm not sure if they put it in there. Anyway, it's, it's like yeah, a studio. A, yeah. It's a like a, a studio apartment, a really cute little space. Yeah. Um in this in like a garage um behind their garage <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyways yeah um and they invited me to come and stay they were aware of everything that was happening i could tell that they they were very confused by everything that was going on everyone seemed to be blindsided by the divorce um but in fact they you know i found out a couple months later that they were aware of other things you know that l had shared about h you know having these feelings and um considering leaving and all this stuff you know a week or so before l actually um you know told me that hmm. she didn't know if she could stay in our marriage and so there were things i didn't know about and that were kept from me and in fact yeah there there was a lot wrapped up in this in this Go whole whole thing for me. But yeah, the, the day that Elle asked for the separation or she didn't ask for it. She just said she didn't know she could stay in our marriage. The day that she did that and she went and stayed with those friends, she ended up sleeping with one of them. Mm. Um, one of them who invited me to come stay at their apartment <laughs> and to heal Ugh. and to help care for Gosh. me. And, um, mm. and I didn't find that out until months later right. while I was living there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was only told because 
Elle was blackmailing this friend at this point. Mm. And that's why I even got the truth. And so, yeah, when I look back at this period of time, there are so many puzzle pieces, right? I, I try where I have to, where I look back and I have to reconstruct the reality of what was happening. And I've done a lot of body work around, you know, going back to these spaces and being with what it felt like and allowing my memory to match up with that feeling. So I can tell my body and teach my body that I'm, you know, you were right. Thank you for telling me that. I'm so sorry I didn't listen to you. Hmm. I mean, there's been, there's been so much repair yeah. um, that that's happened through yeah. this. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, next, you know, the next episode that we jump into is going to be on that, just that, like our, how we came to be, how yeah. we got together, how we reached out to each other, how we found each other and yeah. put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, which is the best part of the story. It really, it really is. And, you know, I, I just want to share a last memory that Please, I have here yeah. that really kind of leads into this well, this next part of our mm -hmm. story. Um, but I remember um, I was at my parents' house. This is a couple weeks after um, we decided, okay, we're going to separate. We're going our separate ways now. Mm. Um, and I was deeply in my grief and shock and pain at this time. But I remember I was sitting at the table with my mom at the dining room table. And I was just sobbing Ugh. and I remember getting to this point where I just paused and I was sitting there with this pain and I there was this clarity that came in this moment and I said to her you know part of me is really grateful for this grief um, for how deep this grief is going and how deeply it's penetrating me mm -hmm. um, because I know that if my grief can go this deep my joy can go just as high. It can go higher. It's a reflection of that. And so it was wild in this moment of immense pain um, that I was even able to be with that and see that. And I, I feel like that was a, I don't know, that, that was something speaking to, hey, there's something really incredible ahead. Wow. Ash, just that you're, I mean, this just, there's so many, you know, millions of little moments that confirm to me that you are the person, my person that I want to experience this life with, that we don't get a do over with. Yeah. You know, that for you to be in that much grief and for you to still have this perspective of, wow, how deep my grief goes, mm. how high my joy can be. Mm. We just actually printed um, and framed a piece of art on our wall, mm. um, that we, when we were dating, you told me, you know, I have joy within me. Mm. I don't get my joy from you, but you turn the volume up. <laughs> yeah. And now we have this quote from you that says you turn the volume up, <laughs> Ash France, quote mm. by Ash France. And I, I love that so much mm. about you. Mm. And yeah, I'm excited for the next episode to jump into this, like this love story. This whole thing's a love story, right? Yeah. You said that. It is. Mm -hmm. The the grief and the pain is its own love story. Yeah. And, and yeah. what you and I find together is yeah, its own love story. Yeah. Yeah. If you've stuck with us through this, <laughs> you know, three episodes of this, you know, you might listen to it and think, you know, these lesbians are bitching about, <laughs> you know, their heartbreak. Yeah. Um, or you might hear your own story in it, yeah. or you might be in the middle of something like this mm -hmm. and it's giving you, 
you know, some hope or some clarity that, you know, maybe it's not okay. Maybe you yeah. need to get support. Maybe this is your validation that yeah. you're looking for that, yeah. that I got. And the thing that drives Ash and I, and you can add into this, is sure. um, we are so for secure and healthy, thriving queer relationships. Mm-hmm. And we're building one here. And we mm-hmm. both have committed our careers to um, educating and supporting and equipping couples, LGBTQ plus couples to have these re- remarkable relationships. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we don't know what we're doing. We have this, Oh my you goodness. Know, yeah. It's hard enough to find someone you love and then to go through all the adversities to even be with, you know, the, uh, if you're gay or, or, or straight or queer or trans, right. To mm-hmm. just overcome whatever you have to, to get to that in mm-hmm. itself. And then you're finally there. And now it's hard what at times. Yeah, it do can be hard yeah. and good. And so this podcast, if you continue to listen, is about that. We're going to mm-hmm. jump into so many, we're going to talk to incredible experts. We have a, um, our first interview will be yeah. um, with Molly. Um, I actually don't know her last name. Um, she's a specialist. She specializes in boundaries. And so I'm excited. We're excited to jump into this conversation with her. And, um, we're going to try to get Stan Tacken on here. We're going to, we're going to do live couples or, you know, couples coaching sessions that you can hear your story, Mm -hmm. um, and see that you're not alone and learn the skills to be able to continue to build that secure relationship Mm -hmm. and eliminate any threat that's causing disconnection. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're passionate about this. We're so Um, passionate. Yeah. 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 And I mean, yes, we've been sharing our story over the course of these first few episodes Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's messy. Um, but there's a lot here that we're going to carry into, um, the rest of this podcast, right? You know, polling and talking about emotional abuse or about gaslighting, what boundaries you need, right? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between lying and gaslighting, right? What What is a trauma bond, right? What exactly is that? How do I, mm-hmm. how do I move through that? Yeah. What do I do yeah. if I'm in that? What do we do if my partner, you know, if we have different attachment styles, you know, right. how do I, how do we not like, it's, it's like cats and dogs. Can we get along? Yeah. Did I pick the wrong partner? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're just getting started. We are. So just getting started. thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. And, um, next time we're jumping into the love, love bubble, <laughs> love bubble and how Ash and Dawn <laughs> came to be. I love it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Take care of each other. We're so glad that you joined us for today's conversation. If you and your partner want to apply to be a guest on the show for one of our mini couple sessions, or if a part of you connected with today's episode and you would like more info on how to work with us directly, you can find us on Instagram at Donna Noble. That's at D-A-W-N-A-N-O-B-L-E and at Ash France Coaching. And that's France, just like the country. Queer Couples Coaching is produced by Media Machine. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach and support more queer relationships. We'll see you next time on Queer Couples Conversations. And in the meantime, take care of each other.